Hi, I'm Emmanuel Berga, and you're listening to Deep Dive. In today's episode, we are pitting the media against the establishment together and against each other, looking at Matthew Pressman's monograph. Matthew Pressman is an assistant professor of journalism at Seton Hall University, and in 2018, he published the monograph on press, the liberal values that shaped the news. Classified information other than you coming out here and saying, Matt, I'm sorry you don't like the format, uh, but we it's have declassified format. It's the content. I'm it's, sorry you don't like the content. I'm sorry you. I'm sorry like you are doubting this. the information that is in the possession of the U.S. government. No, I, I, this heated exchange was between State Department spokesman Ed Price and AP reporter Matt Lee on February 4, 2021 regarding the credibility of U.S. intelligence made public. If you doubt, if you doubt the, the credibility of the U.S. government, of the British government, uh, of other governments, and want to uh, you know, find uh, solace in information that uh, the solace? Russians are putting out, uh, that is, uh, that is for you to do. This is the image we associate with journalism as a strong and representative group of people that question and reports on behalf of the people. Journalism in the latter half of the 20th century and in the 21st century has exhibited drastic changes. These changes engulf a variety of aspects from the core principles of the field, the type of journalists, their role in society, their relationship with the powerful, in the establishment and many more significant aspects. This is what Pressman explores in his monograph with thoughtful deliberation on what constituted this shifts in America's newsrooms. There is a special focus on the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times in his piece, as they were the most influential in that time period. The context for uh, Pressman's work is that journalism has constituted liberal values around itself. Through this context, he discusses thoroughly, objectively, uh, and its new definition, reader orientation, the impact on minorities, and the resulting values of American journalism. However, a focus for this episode is his discussion regarding the relationship between the press and the powerful. Pressman explains, during the early to mid-1960s, interpretive reporting became a central component of news coverage, transforming the reporter from the stenograph to analyst. Added to this revolutionary climate in the 60s and the 70s led to the adjustment of the news to take more, more of a skeptical, adversarial approach to news coverage. The media in the, in the 70s went through this adjustment that Pressman is referring to champion its role uh, as the questioner and the one that stands with the public. This reaction, as Pressman discusses, to the public discourse and increasing mistrust uh, in institutions. This was especially relevant to Nixon's presidency, which was met with full force with this changing landscape in journalism. An important remark Pressman also leaves is that at this point, the press and the major media are also part of the establishment when speaking in terms of an institutional scale. Most outlets at this point were owned by bigger corporate conglomerates, and the journalist body is increasingly 
uh, at, increasingly at these big journalistic institutions that set the agenda for the nation are becoming a select group of graduates from Ivy League universities. Pressman writes this exact statement uh, in page 211 in his monograph. By the 1970s, their education levels and their ambition and, and their ambitions has risen dramatically, and they aspire to much more. Journalism had to become a calling rather than a simple craft. Therefore, Pressman states this change in approach in the 70s was contradiction to the media state as the questioner then. They might oppose the government in strongly worded editorials, but news coverage rarely challenged official statements, and investigative reporting on Washington, the State House, or the City Hall was a rarity. Pressman writes on page 186. This initial shift is foundational to what journalism looks like today. We are in the midst of an era where the average Joe working class American is increasingly in distress of America distrust of America's new major news networks. Corroborating Pressman's argument is Noam Chomsky and his criticism of mass media. A feature shield published on Encore Plus called Manufacturing Consent, Noam Chomsky and the Media explores Noam Chomsky's political life, ideas, world-renowned linguistic and intellectual writing, also his political activism. The, the, the feature film takes a special focus on his book, Manufacturing Consent. In an, in an interview part of the feature film, Chomsky argues the New York Times plays an enormous role in shaping the perception of the current world on part of the politically active, educated classes. Also, the New York Times has a special role, and I believe its editors probably feel that they bear a heavy burden in the sense that the New York Times creates history. He further asks the question, now, in whose interest is history being shaped? Keeping in mind Chomsky's thought and critic, let's explore Pressman's analysis of the 21st century. The 21st century, Pressman argues, journalism exhibited two more shifts, the first being a minor one and the latter being uh, at the scale of the initial shift made in the 70s. The first shift was just a reaction to the digital age of information, just altering how major press outlets reach, reach their audience. This change doesn't, doesn't at, at first seem to have a direct consequence on the content being covered, but Pressman argues it does. He writes three core values of online journalism, immediacy, interactivity, and participation. Pressman also gives the example of how Washington Post increased its reach to the audience after being acquired by tech billionaire Jeff Bezos. This is a key to, uh, to the Post strategy and many other news outlets strategy in this new digital age. The strategy were, was to build what Post managers had called the customer engagement funnel. Using social media, they aim to bring as many people as possible to WashingtonPost.com, which is the top of the funnel, and in hope some will find the content so engaging that they are pulled deeper into the funnel where they decide to subscribe. The second major shift Pressman discusses 
the one that's very disputed shift uh, was the reaction of Donald Trump's candidacy and presidency. Trump was an outsider to Washington's establishment class, raised uh, the objective in the journalism world of let the reporting reflect the potential dangers, dangerous nature of a Trump presidency. It's journalism's jobs. The overwhelming consensus was that the press should not normalize Trump, that the conventions of journalism must be altered to uh, uh, to address this potential danger. Objection to, to objection to Trump was a theme throughout uh, throughout major media and press outlets. Many argue that this is due to journalism's shift back to being allies with the establishment with a stronger connection since the 1970s that drifted toward adversarial and combative fighting. David Sirota, in his article, The Real Fake News Crisis in America, comes from corporate media, amplifies this point. Sirota explains we're drowning in content that is increasingly valued only for its potency in the political wars, rather than judged on its factual merits and its choice of targets. Do you remember the incident between Matt Lee and Ned Price? It was a unique exchange because of its rarity in the media in the post-Trump days. With the immediacy factor of reporting in the digital age, government reports are just amplified to the public without question. This reaction to Trump and the mayhem that followed in the world of journalism is further subjected to criticism by Baitia Ungar Sargon in her book, Bad News, How Walk, How Woke Media is Undermining Democracy. In a chapter called A Lesson from the Trump Era, Batia discusses the media's re- reaction to Trump's presidency and his election. She writes, those who disagree with them were not only wrong, but stupid. It led most journalists accepting this radical change in mission. She also states that this reaction was coupled with the walls between business strategy and editorial strategy disappearing. She states this was due to the emotion driving journalists toward fame are the same emotion driving people to share articles on Facebook. This relates to Pressman's first argument about the digital age and how it has shifted the media. This suits well with the this also suits well with the engagement funnel idea that the Washington Post offers to drive more traffic, which in turn drives more revenue. Decomposing what Batia and Sirota had to say, the objective in journalism has shifted from selling comprehensive information for developing a population to just driving traffic and buying into the increasingly liberal values of journalists. In a system where truth lacks significance, power takes precedence, reading the establishment's takeover of American newsrooms with liberal values. In 2002, before this second wave of shift uh, in America's newsroom, Harvard economic professor Robert Barrow raises a question of bias in mainstream media and directed his attention toward this study made by Tim Grosikloss 
of University of California, LA, and Jeff Miller of University of Chicago. By looking at these studies, he wrote an article on Business Week Online concluding that this study shows the media are skewed substantially to the left of the typical member of Congress. Thus, if the opinions of viewers and readers are similar to those of their representatives, the media slant is far to the left of that most of their consumers. This was evident of the media's desire to attract more and more wealthy customers who most likely live in coastal cities and more likely to hold liberal values. This stark founding in 2004 is an interesting case study in today's America where we have the shared thought that we are very divided uh, nationally in regards to politics and culture. Do you remember Chomsky and his thought? and his analysis on major news media and how the New York Times operates? Isn't this the inherent argument Pressman and many others like him are making? I really like Chomsky's explanation of what manufacturing consent means. On a clip from that same feature film when asked about what manufacturing consent really means, he argues there are two targets for propaganda. One is what's sometimes called the political class. There is maybe 20% of the population which is relatively educated, more or less articulated. They play some kind of role in decision-making. They're supposed to sort, sort of participate in social life. In summary, they are, they are the ones that spread the propaganda. And there is, and there, and there is the maybe the 80% uh, of the population whose main function is to follow orders and not to think, you know, not to pay attention to anything. And there are the ones that usually pay the cost. I think this should inflict a, mom- a moment of reflection for every American. Where do you fit in Chomsky's model? I thought about this for a while. I don't know. I think he needs to make a new category for me. Coming back to Pressman, after discussing the three shifts in journalism the past 70 years or so, he writes in his concluding chapter that the press that survives the liberal press will end up with more prizes and subscriptions, or joy, but with little hope of guiding or informing the nation's conversations. Keeping in mind this monograph was published in 2018, this is an eerie prediction that has proven to be true about the journalism landscape today. After all, big media and press rooms are the establishment themselves, seeking to guide public opinion, but the, decentra- but the decentralization of information in the digital age has proven this to be ineffective. Well, ineffective, especially considering the 80% uh, Chomsky mentioned. This led to where we are now, the era of misinformation and censorship. When Joe Rogan, a podcaster like me, speaks more to Americans than the major news outlets today, information is increasingly becoming a commodity and a tool at scale never imagined before this. Pressman, Pressman described 
three shits. You don't have to take his arguments or any arguments made by me or 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 any other author mentioned in this podcast. But is this the culture of information you want to live in? It's just a question to think about. This is all I have for you today. Thank you for listening to Deep Dive with me, Emmanuel Berger.